getting works podcast Mike's getting tipsy He drink a lot of beer and he drink a lot of whiskey When he's not doing that, probably watching wrestling Talking about the beers and it's so interesting Mike's on the line with Bill Alfonso End of the day, he be cleaning out the tacos No better podcast if you ask me Getting worked, you could leave off the last G Driving in your car, getting worked Slacking at your job, getting worked the DMV getting worked in the VIP getting work out getting worked getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work people of the internet Getting worked with Mike is back. I'm Mike, the Judy Bagwell of podcasting. I don't even know what that fucking means. This is getting worked. Gettingwork.com. No G in getting. Well, no second G. There's always the first G in getting because the G, the G in getting. But there's no second G. You can follow on Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can go to gettingworked.com. You can follow on Twitter at gettingworked. You can follow on Instagram at gettingworked with Mike. You guys might have heard the new music at the beginning of the episode. Shout the fuck out to Platinum Max Caster at Caster Show on Twitter. Platinum Max kind enough to do the lyrics for this new intro track kind enough to do the outro lyrics for this podcast you guys are going to hear new music from caster max on twitter platinum max the beats are by rusty joints you guys can follow rusty joints on instagram at rusty joints music you can also follow platinum max at caster show on twitter he was just on aew dark he was just kicking the shit out of sean spears now he's here on getting worked platinum max is doing our theme song ladies and gentlemen getting worked with mike is getting into the atmosphere last week it was eyeballs to assholes not much has changed this week in wrestling we we still got assholes monday night raw was fucking dog shit Apparently, Aleister Black is done. There's stuff on the internet about Vince McMahon giving up on him. Seth Rollins is still talking about taking eyeball, eyeballs. I'm going to get that eye, Ray. I'm going to get that eye. This Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins eyeball thing. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen. Not only, you you guys, WWE could have cut the cord. After the horror show at Extreme Rules, I say that because if you guys go back and watch any commercial they ran for the entire time of promoting the horror show at Extreme Rules, they had the most god-awful superimposed sound of like a horror movie scream 
every single time they would say the name of the show, the horror show at Extreme Rules on the WWE Network. That sound was burrowed into my goddamn head. Every time it happened, I felt this chill go up my spine. Not because I was scared. Not because I was worried about Seth Rollins getting that eye, Ray. But because it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen on the planet. But we're not going to bitch about extreme rules for two weeks in a row. We're not going to sit here and talk about Seth Rollins getting that eye, Ray. What we're going to talk about this week is we're back with Bill Alfonso. Enter Fonzie Part 2 this week on Getting Worked. Ladies and gentlemen, myself and Bill Alfonso, we're bringing you guys hashtag Hey Daddy. This is me and Bill Alfonso doing deep dives on matches he's refereed, matches he's managed, people he's worked with, people he's spoken to, people he loves, wrestling he loves. This is me, a wrestling fan, talking to Bill Fonzie Alfonso, a world-famous wrestling fan. This motherfucker cannot stop talking. You cannot keep Bill Alfonso from telling you guys stories. So this week on Getting Worked, we're finishing up the conversation with myself and Bill Alfonso. What you guys are going to pick up with is we are talking about November to Remember 1997. The match that we're looking at is uh, Rob Van Dam, accompanied by Bill Alfonso, against Tommy Dreamer, accompanied by Beulah McGillicuddy. Uh, this match was built around the entire storyline of ECW versus the WWF. At this point in time in 1997, Rob Van Dam is showing up on Monday Night Raw. Jerry the King Lawler is coming over to ECW talking shit. There's a big, giant, interpromotional war. WWE, well, WWF at the time, is waging their own war with WCW on Monday nights, but they're also waging a war with ECW on their own program. This is one of my favorite times in wrestling history, and Bill Alfonso comes on and lays down the motherfucking stories for you. We're going to talk about one of the greatest goddamn pile drivers I've ever seen in my entire life. We're going to talk about Sabu. We're going to talk about Tommy Dreamer. We're going to talk about wearing a Monday Night Raw hat right in the middle of an ECW pay-per-view. We're going to talk about getting heat. Ladies and gentlemen, this is getting worked. Make sure if you're not already subscribed, go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, gettingwork.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Enter Fonzie Part 2, November to Remember the Flag Match, Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer, 1997. This is Part 2 of our conversation. Let's go! Getting work, get, getting work, getting work. People of the internet, I'm here to talk to you about our wonderful sponsor, Manscaped. And here's the thing. Every single person out there talking about Manscaped is going to talk to you about the Lawnmower 3.0. Every single one of them is going to let you know that it's a third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. 
thanks to Manscaped's advanced technology. It's the most guaranteed way to make sure that you got no nicks on your dick. It's gonna be the most smooth shave for your balls with advanced skin safe technology. Now when I say this motherfucker's premium, it's premium. Just like everybody else out there on the internet. Every other podcaster sponsored by Manscaped is going to be talking about the Lawnmower 3.0. But I'll tell you what, I want to talk to you guys about the formulations. If there's one thing that's part of my routine, it's my Manscaped formulations. From top to bottom, from head to toe, from eyeballs to asshole, ladies and gentlemen, Manscaped has me covered. It's become part of my fucking routine. I get in the shower, I'm lathering up with that crop cleanser, it's my hair, it's my body, it's my balls, it's my butt crack, making sure I'm clean from head to toe. You know, getting out of the shower, towel off, hitting myself up with that ball deodorant, that crop preserver, god that feels good. Without ball deodorant, my day goes really short. If my balls are sweaty, I'm not feeling not feeling right, I'm not working. I'm not working right, I'm not recording this podcast right. I'm not bringing you wrestling right. It all starts with my crop preserver. It all starts with that ball deal. A couple spritzes of that ball toner, man, that crop reviver, that's what keeps me going. That's a little bit of a spritz. Maybe I come back halfway through my day, hit a couple, little bit of dab it dabs of that chap. That crop reviver knows the jam, guys. Get out of there, finish washing off, drying off. Next thing you know, hit the feet with that foot duster. Making sure, because I'm an old man. I'm coming up on 37 this year. I don't like to wear socks. I wear shitty shoes that don't require socks. But I got my foot duster. A little bit of that refined cologne. Make sure I'm smelling fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Manscaped has you covered. You can go now to manscaped.com using my promo code. Get 20, 20% off and free shipping. Get your balls right. Get your body right. Get the foot dust on. Everybody's telling you to trim your balls. Only Mike's gonna tell you to rub something on there to make you feel good. Go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with my promo code, getting 20. Now, this Crazy. is the height. This is the height of the fever of ECW. Like these shows and are probably really to the a, top. I probably had a WWF hat on, a Monday Night Raw hat on. I think you're right. That's exactly what the fuck I was gonna say next. This match starts. The music kicks. First off, the music is what I like to call EC dubbed. Because if you go to the network, you can't hear the real music. I, I'm going to advise anybody listening, if you can get a hold of an old ECW tape, if you can find somebody with an old recording. Oh, my God. How do we get away with all that music? November to Remember and showing all that stuff on paper. You were playing and stuff the without songs on pay-per-view. We we were no <laughs> nobody taxes on that. You can't do that Hamas, nowadays. Uh, no, you, no. I think Wyman's theory was uh, do it and then ask for forgiveness instead of ask for permission. 
You never had to ask forgiveness. For some reason, you guys got away with it. Nobody, somebody put a CD out of all the songs saying, hey, the music from music from TW. It was Metallica, Megadeth, Sepultura, right. Pantera, all these bands. How'd that happen? What the fuck? How'd that happen? Now, I don't know. touching on that, do you know, were these guys picking these songs? Obviously, something like Sandman using Enter Sandman's a no-brainer. But some of these white zombie songs in Pantera, to your knowledge, how active are the, were, were the guys with picking these songs themselves, or were they kind of put upon them? Yeah, I think a few guys picked the songs and then Paul Heyman uh, okayed them. And if they made sense, great. Yeah. And every song made sense. That November, do you remember videos that we did? You know the one I'm talking about. They played the whole song and they showed mm-hmm. clips of ECW. Amazing. Amazing. Then they picked a better song. And that was, in it. That was in the name of our event that month. Yeah. And that was great. Part of it is the fact of the cross marketing you guys had, not only with the music, but the videos, the pay-per-view all being tied together. We're, we're, we're three years away from, from video games. Like you guys are gearing up. We're like a year and a half away from action figures. You guys are really getting ready to make money with the ECW brand. And it's, it shows here because the crowd is going fucking insane. And video games, you come out crazy. Fonzie's ass comes out wearing a Monday Night Raw hat. How much at that point, and we've said this before, you at this point are the hottest heel in ECW. You fucking are hatred in ECW. From you being the shitty ref that people wanted to see get joke slammed by 911 to this point where you're walking into the pay per view wearing a Monday Night Raw hat. What is what does that feel like? Is there is is do you know what you're doing? Do you know you're making history? Do you know what this means to the wrestling world at that moment? Or is it just fuck it, Fonzie, throw on the hat and, and it'll be people will love it? It was probably a combination of all of it because uh of course we didn't know we were making history, but we knew we were doing something. We were a hot company, everybody loved us. Uh uh, the hat was just another part of the gimmick that just fit in perfectly, and I'm so glad we did, and it made sense. So why, if it makes sense to us, if it made sense to the ECW people at the ECW arena in Philadelphia, it made sense to everybody because we all can't be wrong. Right. But this was the right thing to do. Pretty cool. I'm glad you brought that up, that I had that hat up because... I'm searching for a picture to send you right now with me and Jerry Lawler with the hat on in the ring pointing or some shit. It's pretty cool. It's it's insane to, to the point where... Because at this point, WWF is already waging a war with WCW on separate channels. Right. They're, they're having Monday a silent yeah, war. But it's a silent war. They're not outright yeah. saying... Like, like Bret, Bret Hart's not going out saying, fuck Kevin Nash. Hulk Hogan's not going out on the air and, and literally calling out Stone Cold Steve Austin. But you guys have things like Jerry Lawler on your show, on your pay-per-views. You've got a Monday Night yeah. Raw hat. Why he's on You're the, why carrying he's their flag. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking crazy. How do we do that? You can't get away with that. Somebody today. was genius. Somebody, somebody was genius. Nowadays, if, You're right. if, no, if you the Young Bucks... If the Young Bucks walked out on AEW television holding a WWF flag or a WWE flag nowadays, they'd get sued. It'd be a lawsuit immediately. But 
back then right. in 1997 you could get away with that so much so and this is the part that fucking kills me because you get announced as the senior vice president of extreme affairs for the world wrestling federation holy shit <laughs> what a fucking title that's, that's a pretty damn big title brother that's and that's cool. quoted. You, the people listening to the show can go check it out at WWE Network. It's Senior Vice President of Extreme Affairs for the World Wrestling Federation, Bill Alfonso. The One of the best intros for a manager. Like, you're the manager. You're not, you're not RVD. You're not Sabu. You're 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 Bill Alfonso, but you're such a big character, and they're so and they're so invested. Not only the company, but the fans are so invested, because when you listen to people say how much they fucking hate you, at certain points there's get the fuck out chance. RVD's a bitch. Die, Fonzie, die. When you're yeah, they wearing yeah, they had that. Fonzie must die. The guy at ringside was holding it because I'm hyper naturally. Can you imagine my character? What you've seen, I add another 30% of hyperness, and the guys on the upper side, we want Fonzie's blood. And then the next week, the guys on the upper side, Fonzie, take a Xanax, or take a value. You know, I'm so fucking hyper. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so you're out there, you're running around, you're carrying the WWF flag. Once again, Joey Styles is referring to you and RVD as sellouts, calling out Vince McMahon by name. With that, he's explaining the goal of the match. Beat your opponent, wave your company's flag. Now, this is a great match. Yes. RVD and Tommy with, yeah. Dreamer put on a clinic in this match. They kill it. They go inside, outside. Go watch the match. Pay attention to it. For this interview, I probably watched the match like five times in a row. And it, it's wonderful. It holds up. RVD's killing it. Tommy Dreamer's on top of his game with emotion. You buy him as the baby face who's the legitimate face of the company, he's fighting yes. for what he believes in. He believes yes. in ECW, and he won't give up yes. on ECW, even though RVD and his friends all turned their back and took the money. He's not going to turn his back on ECW, and it's a beautiful fucking thing to watch. Now, It, it was. That, that's a testament to all of us wanting to make it work. I'm thirty. So much, I'm, I'm going to be thirty-seven years old this year. Congratulations! And still to this day, I can go back and watch a match like this, and it grabs me because you guys are selling this so hard. You buy into it, you believe it, and you believe it to the camera. And that is one of those moments. This is one of those matches where, if you watch the storyline all the way back from Barely Legal, from where Fonzie turns. He, he, he turns on Taz, leaves Taz with Sabu, with RVD. They turn on ECW. They turn on Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's by himself, and now we're here at a flag match. That's some emotional shit. Now, it, that, it certainly was. And you're so invested with this because throughout the match, you're going crazy. Now, Beulah McGillicuddy, wonderful. Wonderful manager, wonderful valet, wonderful with Tommy Dreamer. Not much of her in this match. Um, she kind of is off to the side. I don't know if it's necessarily the camera's not catching her much, but the rest of you are far more featured than her in the beginning of the match. Um, things take a turn a quarter of the way through. You actually 
go to the top rope behind Tommy Dreamer, hit him with a steel chair. He falls off the top of the turnbuckle. Uh, RVD goes for the two-count kickout. Now, at this point, they go back at it, roll around. Dreamer goes for a uh, pin. You, Fonzie, from outside the ring, grab John Finnegan, pull him out of the ring. You start arguing with him. He goes to slide. I grab yep. by the leg, right? Pull him out, yeah. He's arguing with you. He goes to slide back in the ring. You turn and grab him and proceed to grab because and nobody realized you walked out with the folded flag and put it on the table on the side of the ring. It was very casual. Nobody paid attention. You unfold the flag. You pull out what Joey Styles refers to as a road sign. I'm conv- It looks close to a cookie sheet. I could be wrong, but whatever it is gets Bent the fuck over John Finnegan's head. So he's down. At this point, John Molyneux rolls in, takes over as ref. Now, this is the point in the match that I like to refer to as ref shenanigans. Um, oh, all the, yeah. It looked like a free pro. It looked like a damn referee battle royal. It was it was a referee battle royal, or like you said, a clown car. Because John, okay. And, and, I've, and I've notated this. John Molyneux takes over as ref. Jeff Jones attacks John Molyneux. At this point, we have three refs in the ring. The down John Finnegan, John Molyneux, and Jeff Jones. Previously in the night, um, Judge Jeff Jones um, had turned on Balls Mahoney, kicking Balls in the balls uh, that helps Little Guido and Tracy Smothers retain the ECW tag team titles. So at this point, you have three refs in the ring. John Finnegan goes back in for another count. Jeff Jones breaks up this count. So at this point in the match, because was there ever a thought that we were doing too much? Uh, <laughs> We've got may, three may, refs may, in the may, ring may, hitting each other, may, taking may, each may, other down. Maybe yes and maybe yes and no, but we're gonna think what's right and do it. We was we were true to our beliefs, so whatever we thought was right. And usually 90, I mean, a high percentage of what we were doing worked. So, so we were going to second doubt ourselves because if we did, know? we'd be second doubt at every match. Do you know, is it a matter of just telling those guys, go for it and do whatever? How choreographed is something like that with referees? Well, in Vince's company, nothing gets past, nothing you see on TV is done uh on the fly right none of it unless you're their top guy right very little is ever done on the fly they want to know everything us not so much because again uh i think we had so much talent and we had so much trust in each other Mm -hmm. and everybody was on their a game that somehow we got a little format and carried on and it worked out good. I'm not saying all of it was on the fly, but large percent of it was on the fly. But of course it was, uh, they gave us a format and gave us some indications on what to do and what not to do. But you know, you can't do exactly word for word what they say. It's hard to remember all that shit, but I can imagine. Know, I'd say, yeah, very hard. And, and that's the thing too, is, is when you go back and watch this match, the, the ref, the ref shit, as crazy as it is, and regardless of how much they do, it's it's perfectly on point. 
Nobody misses a move. Nobody misses a mark. There's never wasted motion. There's never dead air. It's hit, hit, action, 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 action. And it's so chained that you're fascinated by this part. Because like I said, at this point, John Finnegan goes for a count. Jeff Jones breaks up that count. Jeff Jones then stands up, eggs on the other two refs to fight him. Now, after that, Beulah slides in, low blows Jeff Jones. <laughs> so now we've got one ref right, low blow. Right, Okay, I'm watching this now in my mind with you. Yeah, go ahead. And then low so Jeff Jones is down, and then you've got the two babyface refs. You've got, you've got the other two. You've got the, uh, Jim and John standing there, tall, winning. They're looking great. So then you slide up between the two babyface refs. Double low blows. Both refs are down. So now you've got three down refs in the ring. You've got Tommy Dreamer's down. RVD's kind of getting back up to his feet. At this point, everybody's involved. Lo and behold, one or two seconds later, you take a low blow from Beulah. Now, (laughs) this part is, like I said, this sequence was just action, 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 action. Now we slow it down. RVD goes to grab Beulah by the hair. Dreamer stops that. Rolls, uh, Dreamer will roll RVD up from behind. Kicks out immediately. And then in this match, and I, this is what I encourage to do, because when I, when I talk about how good RVD and Tommy Dreamer are, not only in general, not only together, but at this age, because... And, the, and that particular night. RVD takes the most insane pile driver I've ever seen. Go back and watch I can this. see it where, where he takes a pile driver and then pops up like a cork. And he, he goes two and, goes and a half, three feet in the air. Yeah, can you? i just seen that uh, in my mind, and I, I haven't seen it in years. And I know exactly meant so much to you and to me. You know why it, meant, it means a lot to us? Because we're wrestling people. The ordinary fan, like this girl I'm dating, beautiful, tall, blonde, Hungarian broad, my age, beautiful. She does not get it. It's not right. like sports at all, much less fucking hardcore entertainment. Now, to her, it wouldn't make no sense when she couldn't see it. But us, we're analyzing this, and we can't believe what a sensational power diver bump that is. Because we it's love the business. Insane. And, and usually all the people that attend the ECW shows are smart, marks, and they love the business. And not that's the, thing. the doctor, his wife, and the two kids at ringside. No, that's Different not clientele. what we need. We're f- Different fans. Clientele. We're fans. Yes. I want to see and I love you. Like you wouldn't be doing a podcast if you weren't a big wrestling fan like no. me. I wouldn't be doing this for 40 years if I, if I did. I'm crazy for the business. It's been really good to me. I've been very fortunate. Wrestling has been very good to me. I can't turn my back on it ever. It's been so good to me, and I won't because I love it since I was 12 years old. And it's moments like this that bring back my love as well from being a kid watching wrestling. When you see RVD take that pile driver and pop three feet in the air, then like like, like a bolt of lightning, Dreamer hits him, goes for the pin for a fucking two count. A two count. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that footage in years. I can see it in my mind. I'm closing my eyes. I see it. Exactly. A two count, Fonzie. The pile driver of the year. The pile, Nobody can. I, I dare. 
if you're an AEW, if you're an uh, somebody, take a bump like that. Show me a pile driver like that, and you can have my money, because that is a work of art. That is Rob Van Dam at the top of being Rob Van Dam. Show hey, look how much off. joy we're getting out of it. Uh, just talking about it. It's a wrestling bump, and I'm so it, happy. And we're getting and we're getting <laughs> enjoyment out of it. Look, I got a smile on my face ear to ear, and you're smiling on your face telling me these things. It's fucking crazy. It's because it was we so good. It was so good to go back and watch this. So at this point, we've RVD's down. Dreamer is or Dreamer had just kicked up out of the two. No, RVD kicked out two count. Now at this point, Beulah is starting to get get up and try to get involved. Her dress is not working with her. Dreamer hits a DDT on RVD. Doesn't go for the pin. Which, at this point, when you're watching, you're like, wait a sec, is he supposed to pin him? But it doesn't fucking matter. Right. He goes for the flag, right. goes to raise the flag. Out of nowhere. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, you're, you're good. Uh, a, moment. Uh, a girl just passed me on the bicycle. I'm walking around, talking, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> oh, fuck, really, walking, I talking, I wrestling. You did. Now, with that, so at this point, Dreamer goes to raise the flag out of nowhere, like a bolt of lightning. A tag team hits from the side of the ring. Someone we're not expecting. Furnace and Levon hit the ring. Furnace and Levon hit the ring. They easily get taken out with a dropkick by Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Styles makes sure really heavily here. That's the thing. Joey Styles at this point in the match leans in super hard to WWF from the WWF. Furnace and Levon. Now, if that wasn't enough, you've got Furnace and Levon. Before Tommy Dreamer can fucking turn around, who's waiting for him? Stevie Richards with a super kick. At this point, you've got Tommy Dreamer down, Stevie Richards with a super kick in the face. Stevie's back. This is our first time seeing Stevie in a minute. The crowd breaks underrated. out with a welcome underrated. back Under Underrated, yes. Now, when someone like this, because you, I, and I agree with you 100%, Stevie Richards is so fucking underrated, it's insane. To see someone like Stevie get a welcome back chant like that, that early in his career. Now, at that point, yeah, he's, he's got miles on him. He knows what he's doing. He's definitely awesome. But this is 1997. And to see him, as underrated as he is, get that kind of a reaction, knowing him like you do, what's that like for a comeback? Brother, it's amazing. Let me give you an example of why we're on that subject when he just comes in and has been seen to get a standing ovation and a big welcome back. Look, when I left WWF, I was making six figures, right? Of course I can afford a beautiful suit. Of course I can afford Louis Vuitton luggage that has a Samariner Rolex. So Paul Heyman calls me to come do four weeks in ECW. Remember, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I fly to Philadelphia I walk in the dressing room with a five-star fucking beautiful $1,000 suit, Louis Vuitton luggage, the Rolex, my hair fucking perfect. I'm shaved and clean. I look like a million dollars, right? I walk in. There's Sandman, Taz, Tommy Dreamer, Mikey Whiprack, this guy, that guy. I didn't know one fucking person in that dressing room. Not one, not one person did I recognize in that dressing room. I had been around the business for 20 years already, referenced. Didn't know one guy. So for them, to, that was May of 95. For them yeah. to become 
not overnight. We worked hard, blood, sweat, and tears to get those guys over. And they got over. They were getting standing like Steve Rich is a good example. How does that happen? How did Paul Heyman get these guys over like that? How it, did that happen? It's a testament to a bunch of guys believing in the fuck out of what they were doing. Just like a lot of things we're going to talk about with ECW down the road, it's it, it's all boils and you know down why to belief. It didn't work. You know why it didn't work for Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountains? Remember when he rents off and tried to start that little company mm-hmm. and all that stuff? Because he was doing the same shit they've been doing for 30 years. Right. Tag mask, leapfrog, drop down, arm drag, <laughs> headlock, sleeper. Didn't work. You know, it's nice, you know, times change. So when we found that market for that hardcore anti-fucking uh, cult-like fucking company who knew and you guys and who you knew? guys rode the wave like i said you guys rode this bitch till the wheels came off you guys won every single night now with this rvd once we've hit all this you, you you've got you've got vernus and levon you've got stevie richards rvd gets to the top rope they put a trash can on Tommy Dreamer. RVD he does, he does a frog five, five star frog. That's a five star frog splash. Let's get that straight. Forget nobody. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Eddie Guerrero, <laughs> this guy, that guy. Nobody does it like Van Damme. No. Nobody. Sabu. No. Nobody does it. For nobody. So he hits his five star uh, frog splash. Justice. Yes. The trash, trash can's can. done. Destroyed on top of Dreamer. Uh, Levon and Furnace are holding it. Now. Richards drops down for the three count here. You slide out, ring the bell, smashing the bell with the hammer. You grab the microphone while you're hitting the bell. In the history, in, in my history watching, I do not remember this. I do not remember this at all. You hit that bell with the mic so close to it. If you go back and watch this, it is the most ear shattering crass startling bell sound because you have the mic right next to the bell and you are just angrily smashing that motherfucker you slide in the ring grabbing the microphone and you announce rvd as the winner on behalf of your close personal friend vincent kennedy mcmahon i I, I did not say that you did absolutely at the end of this match you slide in the ring and announce him the, the winner on behalf of your friend Vince McMahon, Eight, or Vince Joey Styles love me. is losing his mind, saying there's no real three count. This is Joey Styles at the height of angry, squeaky Joey Styles losing his shit. You're raising the flag now on the network. You can't see the logo, but you're raising the WWF flag. Everyone's standing behind you. Furnace Levon and and Stevie bring a table in the ring. They put Tommy Dreamer on the table. Oh, boy. You stand on the table. For some reason, your first instinct is to jump on the table. Dreamer's on the table with the, with the, with the um, ECW flag on him. You're standing on the table. So at this point, Sabu hits the, hits the ring, goes to the top rope. Now, Beulah runs in. She tries to stop Sabu. This is another moment. You need to go back and watch this match. At this point, Beulah is trying to stand in between Sabu and Dreamer. Sabu drops down and hits Beulah with a forearm, and she hits the mat with one of the gnarliest, nastiest-sounding bumps in this match. Like It is 
earth shattering the noise it makes when he hits her and it just How's sucks that you back into reality. How did that beautiful little girl do that? It, she sold uh, it like a shotgun to the face, Fonzie. She how sold do we it do like that a mother. Shit? How do we do that? I don't know. So she's down. At this point, Dreamer's on the table. Beulah's down. For some reason, Levon grabs the table with Dreamer on it, flips it over. It almost seems like something changed. So they flip the table over with Dreamer on it. RVD grabs the table, throws it out of the ring. So now you've got the, 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 the WWF contingent, actually later known as Team WWF or Team Titan. You've got yourself, you've got Sabu, you've got RB, RVD, you've got the Can-Am, you've got uh, Stevie Richards there in the ring. Now, you guys take uh, Beulah McGillicuddy, put her on the, in the ring, put Dreamer on top of her, put a trash can on top of them. It's bad. It looks like it's going to be real bad here. It looks like they're done. And this looks like Tommy Dreamer is out. He lost. But then one man's music hits. Oh boy, was it a Sandman? Sandman's music hits. So now we've got the Sandman. His intro was bigger than him. Five minutes at this in this match. There's a five minute his, Sandman his entrance. His intro was bigger than him. That was his whole gimmick. At this he's point, he's got blood coming from his head matter. already. Already busted open. Walk into the ring, beer and a cigarette. The the legendary Sandman T-shirt that was the parody of the Budweiser logo with yes, him on the front. Yes, I know the shirt. I got one. You guys all scatter. The five minute entrance that takes us into Sandman versus Sabu in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. But that's gonna have to be a match for another time. That's that's gonna have to be a match for another week, people of the internet. We took a How long time. follow ride. that? We took a long yeah, ride tonight. How can we follow that freaking match? This, uh, you know, this is storytelling, man. When we talk about what makes us love wrestling and what makes us love this business, you've been in it for as long as you've have. You've been in every company. You've you've been a referee. You've been in the ring with the Undertaker. You've been in the ring with Terry Funk. You've been in the ring with the original Sheik. You were with Rob Van Dam. You've seen him come and go. At the end of the day, it's about telling a fucking story, and that's one of the great things I'm going to love about doing these with you, Fonzie, and doing and it's hashtag hard not hey to tell daddy. the same story. Everything's been done before. Uh, but ECW gave us a new rebirth. Everything had not been done because we weren't going through tables and diving off the balconies and cutting our heads off, and uh, nobody was doing that shit. So that was like new stuff to do. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Everything's, just... been, everything's been done before. I mean, you know, I refereed so many matches. Harley, every world champion, Harley Race, Ric Flair, uh, uh, Dusty, uh, you know, all these world champions. I've been in the ring with some talented people, but we're doing the same shit every, all the time for, for 30 or 40 years. Finally, when ECW hit, it was a brand new situation. That underground, black market, tables and chairs and lions and bears, oh my, all that shit was crazy. <laughs> Who knew there was a big market for it? And you brought it. And that's the thing. ECW never, ever let up. There was never a lame episode of ECW. There was never one that made you go, eh, that was okay. Well, that was that was just two rabbits fucking in the woods. Who gives a shit? No, this is ECW. Right. These right. are the stories I love growing in. up. You had to come here and see what happened. This you was my wrestling, the match. Who's going to... 
believe that uh, this isn't me talking. This is WWE talking. They put out 10 DVDs, and that Mueller-Fonzie match was on six of them. You know, it was only seven-minute match. And so uh, uh, Paul Heyman's working for WWE, and he's doing a comedy. You know how when they sell a tape, uh, and you know they open the tape with somebody talking and explaining mm-hmm. the matches and hosting yeah. the 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 tape that you buy for twenty nine bucks or whatever. So Paul Heyman shows the Bob Wire match is another thing to talk about later. We got so much to talk about uh, about the Bob Wire Terry Funk, and it yes. was sensational. Nothing ever seen like it. Crazy Sabu gets his arm ripped from his from his armpit to his elbow. We need 100 stitches. Uh, I'll tell you that story. Uh, so uh, the next match was uh, on, on the DVD that you buy, Blood Sports is called. Yeah. Um, or as good as it gets is another. So Paul Heyman comes on there and says, now we're going to have a hard time following that Bob Wire, most, uh, you know, craziest match you've ever seen. But you remember Fonzie and Beulah, Two non-wrestlers, <laughs> five, he says five of the most intense minutes, not in ECW history, but in professional wrestling history. Now, that doesn't get said because it comes out of his ass. That's all documented, and they oversee that and look before they print the tapes. So he said it, not me. Uh, so we followed that match, and we did really good because if I wouldn't have got that big juice, we will be talking about the, the Beulah Fonzie match. But two non-wrestlers, uh, one that's a woman, a beautiful woman, that's a former penthouse centerfold spread adult entertainment movie star, beautiful girl, against a referee, a guy who weighed a buck 65, who hasn't wrestled in his life. You know, how did we pull that off? How did we do such a good thing and people are still talking about it today that's the number one question i get i did maybe 13 um uh, conventions last year before the pandemic yeah and everybody stops by my booth and gets a picture i give them away or so whatever they always say fonzie tell me about the beulah fonzie match uh they all want to hear the number one question the second question is tell me about the brody and luger match where he's a steel cage another we can talk about that later but how do we pull that off i don't know two non-wrestlers and we did really good in that match and you're missing the worst you're missing the the most important line of that is the fact that okay the the rumors that you lost a third of the blood in your body paul said you lost a third of the blood in your body (laughs) can you attest to that i don't know about a third but i lost a lot and that's the thing Fonzie's lost a lot of blood, and we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to have Fonzie back. I can't wait to bring you more of these stories. I can't wait to bring up more of these memories. Well, this brother, is what we I want to do. Touched base on Barry Windham getting shot one hour before he has to wrestle Harley Race in my instead of the world title. We didn't talk about Roddy Piper shooting an alligator. We didn't talk about the near plane crash where four grown men were crying and praying. Superstar Billy Graham, Fonzie, Charlotte Humberding, Ron Bassett, Kevin Sullivan. All of us were begging God, please give us another chance. We'll never fly again. We're twin engine plane almost crashed. We haven't talked about any of that. 
So we'll save. So go ahead. No, we're gonna save that. We're gonna bring these bring these yeah. stories to you guys on getting worked. Remember, hashtag Hey Daddy. Reach out to Fonzie. Reach out to me. Ask the questions. We're gonna bring them up on the show. We're gonna bring you guys these stories. We're gonna bring you guys these memories. I'm gonna have Fonzie back. Fonzie, welcome to getting Michael, worked. Michael, let me say, Michael, thank you. I love it because uh, you're a wrestling guy just like me. I did uh, a podcast. I'd say. Uh, a month and a half ago, I forget the name of the podcast, but the guy was really fucking cool. I did three Thursdays in a row, Thursday and the first, Thursday and the seventh, Thursday and the 14th, because the stories were so good. All I could do is tell the truth, come up with an odd story, which people don't see on TV and they want to hear like the plane crash. And we've covered some of the stuff that I haven't covered on any other podcast, like this particular match, the flag match. I haven't talked. I've done fifteen podcasts in the last three months. I do two or three a week sometimes, and we have never talked about what we're talking about. So pretty fucking cool. Yeah, man. I love having you on. I'm gonna have you back. I'm excited to go down this road. I'm excited for these stories. Go follow Bill. Follow I'm excited Fonzie. because you're excited. I'm excited because you're excited. You make was this Paul Heyman was an ex- uh, here's an example again. You're bringing this out in me tonight. I have it in me, but you're bringing it out on me because you're excited, and I want to be as excited as you and tell the people and all this and that. So um, that's what Paul Heyman did for ECW. People wanted to fucking dive off a balcony to please Paul Heyman and to make ECW work. People wanted to cut their heads off. People wanted to try five-star frog splashes and the rolling thunder and tables and chairs and all that. We all volunteer this shit because Paul Heyman brought it out on us, just like Michael. You're bringing it out on me, and I love it. This is the best. Once again, you guys follow Fonzie. Follow him on Twitter, Alfonso Bill. Follow him on Instagram, Bill Fonzie Alfonso. Make sure you guys also follow him on Facebook, Bill Fonzie Alfonso. Ask him questions. Send him all these stories you guys want us to talk about. Go pick There's up some his sensational merch. pictures. You're going to love some of the pictures on there. I got a load of pictures, and I got a couple thousand pictures that nobody has seen yet. Some classic pictures. Classic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a bunch of pictures to that phone number you called me from, that 489 or whatever area yeah. code. I'm going to send you a bunch of pictures. Maybe you can use them to post as we're talking, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I'll send some dope-ass pictures. And, yeah, thanks for putting my social media over. Absolutely. We're working on 15,000. Van Damme's got a million people following him. I'm working on 15,000. So, you know, I'm happy with that. We're I'm gonna a get very you happy, blessed guy. This is, going, this is going to be the summer of Fonzie. This is going to be the year of Fonzie. Getting worked. Well, Michael, I'm bringing you guys Fonzie. I'm well received by the fans. All the conventions and paper, whatever I do, I do a lot of. I just did a seminar in Lauderdale. I got a standing ovation from all these young kids that never met me in their life. I was telling them how to dress and how to act. And it's not just in the ring. Don't throw, if you can't throw. Here's an example. I'm good at example. I've been telling this all night. Here's an example. Bob Van Dam is one of those people that's so fucking tall. And he's sensational, and 99% of the city does. But he could throw a great punchline. 
Barry Windham or Jake the Snake or, you know, Chris Hudson or Van Damme. You throw the shittiest punch. You do all this five-star stuff. Do not throw the fucking punch. My whole point is I throw these kids at the seminar I did two weeks ago and I got a second ovation. And if you can't do something five-star, don't do it. Leave it out. You can do the figure. You do all this shit real good. You can't throw a punch. Don't throw a punch. If you can't cross the glass, don't cross the glass. Those are words to live by. Those are words to live by, guys. If you can't do it five star, don't do it at all. Right. Why would you give him something three star? And you're a five star guy. I told Ben, and please, Ben, don't throw another punch. You're the shits. He said, Really, Punzi? I said, Yes. And he don't throw it. He didn't throw it for a while until he developed it. Well, Fonzie said that, Rob Van Dam, not me. But that's my once boy. Again, RB, my boy. I talk to him all the time. I just if you're gonna do something, do it five star yeah. or don't do it at all. This has been getting worked. Fonzie, you rule. Say good night to the people. You want Fonzie? Hey, Daddy, don't wrap me up. I can talk all night long, baby. We haven't even talked about the fucking uh, shootout. We haven't talked about me sucker punching Dusty. Nothing. Drunk, we marked out. We'll see you next week. This is Platinum Max signing off. Getting worked. There's no G in get, except for the first G, of course. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting work, get getting work, getting work, getting work, get getting work, getting work, getting work, get getting work, getting work, getting work, get getting work.